Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Good morning. Back in the day, there used to be a commercial on TV. It was for a credit card. My hero, Dave Ramsey, probably didn't like it much. Dave Ramsey is very against debt. And this credit card said, American Express, don't leave home without it. (laughs) Do you remember that one? We don't see that commercial anymore. But there are things that we don't like to leave home without. One I've got in my pocket. It's my cell phone. I'm so important. Someone might call me. Or what if I leave it at home and don't count my steps? It's 11-11. Make a wish. Two things this morning. To take with you. Always. It's okay to leave the American distress at home. It's okay to leave the cell phone at home. Never expect to get an amen from that, but I'll take it. Amen. Wow, and a loud amen. Two things to take with you always. Always take with you. We read about them in Ephesians chapter 6. So if you would, turn with me. We continue the Armor of God series. And we're close to being done. That went fast. While you turn there, let me tell you something cool about the shield of faith that I learned last week. Dave Bropre explained to me that back in medieval times, when they used leather on their shields, they would soak that leather leather in water. So when the flaming arrows come 
it would be extinguished. And you see the illustration there, right? The water of life. I thought that's pretty cool. If you'd stand with me, if you're able, out of reverence for God's Word. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's read verses 10 to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And the last part of the message this morning, we're going to talk about one of his schemes. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. There was a Puritan preacher by the name of John Owen. And he said, Christian, in the battle, there are three enemies. Ourselves and the temptations we face. The world and the spiritual realm. The ones Paul mentions there in the beginning of this passage. Verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. You may be seated. There's that word again. Take. Take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now this week's take is different than last week's take. At least it is in the Greek. This take. Dexasthi in the Greek, but you already knew that. Means to receive. 
last week's take when it said, take up the shield of faith. Is Anilabonthes, again, well, maybe not. Anilabonthes, that means to take up, to raise up. So, the word take, but two different meanings. But again, it implies something on our part. Because we can't take up a shield without making effort, right? And we can't receive a gift if we're not open to it. Take the helmet of salvation. Now mind you, when Paul wrote this, he wrote this in Roman times. And you can picture a Roman soldier in your mind, right? And you know what I just thought of? In the choir room, there's a Roman soldier's helmet that we used for a team play one time. I should have grabbed it. <laughs> then you could add a visual illustration. The gold helmet with the red fluffy thing. You know how the soldiers would get those? Their commanding officer would hand them to them. Thank goodness we're not responsible for our own salvation. Our commanding officer gives it to us. We receive it. But we have to make a choice, don't we? And we receive it. Where does the helmet go? I thought that's interesting. The helmet of salvation goes on the head. I thought that had to do with the heart. It goes on the head. It's close to the brain. Can you imagine putting on a helmet and forgetting you had it on? Especially if you had one of those fluffy things. Take the helmet of salvation. Take it and know it's there. Know what it's for. Know what we're saved from. What are we saved from? He saves us from our sin. That three-letter word that preachers don't use very often anymore. Saved from our sin. And what does sin do? Sin kills. If something is killed, that means it's dead. Death. But what did Jesus do when he took our sin upon himself on the cross? And then on the third day was raised to life. He put death to death. So that we could die from what kills us. The sin. 
let's not forget that we are dead to sin. In Romans chapter 6, Paul says, hey, we have grace. Does that mean I should use that grace to keep sinning all the more? Absolutely not. I like how my voice did that. We died to sin. I had a great preacher when Laura and I were in college, Dr. Gary Severite. I didn't have this in my notes. I love how the Holy Spirit works. And uh, he was preaching from Hebrews chapter 12 when it says, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles. And he used this illustration. He said, if you were to go for a run, after you put your running shoes on, you got your running shorts. Back in the 90s, they had those goofy running tank tops. You get on your front porch, you're ready to go. But you first have to pick up your necklace. That concrete block with a chain around it. Put it on and run. How would that work out for you? You get the point, right? Let us throw off what so easily entangles us. Paul reminds us, we died to that sin. Know the salvation we have in Him. And when we come across something that all we so want to pick back up, know what we were saved from. And we can ask ourselves, is this something I was saved from or saved for? Because you know we were saved for good things, right? I'm going back to Romans. Paul makes it easy to preach about sin when you spend time in Romans. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. He's talking about how we were slaves to sin, but now we're slaves to righteousness. It's all good. But let me pick up in verse 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at the time from those things that you were ashamed of now? Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And that's a good thing because without holiness, no one can see God. And the result is eternal life for the wages of sin is death Get out before payday. But the 
gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift we receive. We take the helmet of salvation. Texasti. You know what else is a gift? Because Paul doesn't change the word. He uses to sex the to say take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Now what good is a gift if you take it and don't use it? I have guilt about that guitar I got in 1996. You may have heard the story. I was going to be a country music superstar. I had a subscription to Country Weekly magazine in college. I wore cowboy boots and a flannel shirt. But I still have guilt because I never learned to play that guitar. We have a gift in His Word. He saves us and keeps us. He tells us, His Word tells us, Abide in me and I will abide in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So good luck trying to do anything apart from Him. We need to know His salvation. Know we're saved. Know what He saves us from. And we need to know His Word. It helps us. Helps keep us. Throughout the battles. Everything else we're equipped with equips us to stand, to take defense. But what do you do with a sword? On guard. I can't dance around, I don't have a lapel mic. It's used for offense, you're fighting with it, right? Doesn't that sound good, men? Sorry, that was very sexist. Women, you can fight too. Pig. (laughs) Just kidding. Too hard on myself. We got to know this. Because you know what? Our enemy knows it. And our enemy fights with it. Our enemy takes the truth. Yeah, I've preached about that before, haven't I? Twists it. Matthew chapter 4. And i got to be careful because this could turn into a whole other message. But you got to see how our Savior... Our great high priest who was tempted just like we are in every way. Fought back with the sword of the Spirit. Man, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? 
The good news is, lunch is coming. But imagine how hungry you would be after fasting 40 days and 40 nights. You know, our daughter Reese. I forget the count. 25 days without food. You know what she did? It's on my Google phone. I went to Apple. I can't show you. She made a list front and back of all the things. She's going to eat. That's just 23 days. Imagine how hungry you would be after 40. Are you getting the depth of this temptation? The tempter comes to Jesus. I get to cry and I lost it. Verse 3. smart I brought him with me that way I don't have to go down there if you're listening to the audio recording I just picked up a tissue verse 2 after fasting 40 days and 40 nights Jesus was hungry the tempter came to him And said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, notice how he answers, it is written. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. And where is every word written? Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, that's the second time the devil questioned Jesus' identity. When you get down, when you get tired, when you get discouraged, when you get weak, don't be surprised if the devil questions you. But remember, you are a child of God. He is on your side. He'll never leave you, forsake you. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, that sly fox. He just used words Jesus used, and is going to quote the Bible to them, Jesus. Psalm 91. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, How is he fighting back? With the sword. Do not put your Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain 
and showed him all the kings of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Don't miss it. Every single time, Jesus responded with the word. And let's not forget, he was the Son of God. If the Son of God had to know the word, if the devil, our enemy, knows the word, church, what have we got to know? Thank you. Amen. I got to amen you back. Because you're right. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Lord, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for this time we have to be together to be in your word. And Lord, I thank you for how your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, to the point of dividing joints and marrow, soul and spirit, how it's useful for all kinds of teaching, rebuking, training and righteousness. I thank you for how your word shows us who you are, who you've called us to be. I thank you for how your word shows us how much you love us and how much you wanted us to be with you. So much so that you sent your one and only son, Father, to die on a cross for our sin. And Lord, how could I preach a message about salvation without giving the opportunity for someone to say, Lord, this morning, I feel your spirit speaking to me and I surrender. I acknowledge my sin and ask you to forgive me of my sin. And come into my heart and life today to be born again. To be made new. And Lord, I thank you and praise you every time for the miracle that happens when we pray that prayer. The new life that we have in you. Thank you for forgiving us of our sin. Thank you that we can grow in grace and grow in you and grow to be more like you. You give us purpose. And as you work in us and through us to make us more like Jesus, to make us holy, may we always remember and know what we're saved from. Help us not to go back that empty way of living. Forgive us of those times that we stumble. 
Help us back up, Lord. And may we continue to keep in step with you and your spirit. And, and Lord, always know, quicken our hearts to know what you saved us for, that life in you. Thank you that you made us all in light to be your witnesses. Thank you for saving us to know you and your word better. Help us as we hide your word in our heart. And Lord, I thank you for your church. Thank you for all your blessings. Continue to bless us as we live for you and love you and love others. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for joining us online. Lord bless you. Keep you as you go. You're dismissed. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.